The first factor is ammonia. When you have ammonia, high level of ammonia, okay. another factor go inside the model is the type of floor. Full concrete floor towards slatted. Two mm-hmm. splits, different level, different uh, uh, type of, uh, of uh, floor. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Hey everyone, so tail biting, you know, it's certainly a common issue in the industry. I warn you that this is a dance in a little different episode where we'll dig a very interesting topic in a very interesting uh, research paper from these two Italian researchers and then we're going to dive deep on the magnitude of each of the different factors. Some of the biggest factors are ammonia level, stocking density, number of pigs per caregiver, type of floor, and timeliness of feed supply. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. NutriQuest. Experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is Adiseo, a worldwide leader in animal nutrition. Our company offers specialized technical support for nutritionists, veterinarians, and other animal production professionals. Our portfolio of programs and services include a wide array of high-performing feed solutions such as essential nutrients, palatability, feed preservation, mycotoxin management, and health and nutrition. To learn more about our company, visit us at www.adiseo.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we, we have Dr. Flaviana Gottardo and Dr. Annalisa Scolo from Italy, and uh, we're going to chat about tail biting in finishing pigs uh, and what's causing it. This is a huge topic everywhere, and I know in the U.S., United States for sure, uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure in Italy is probably a uh, topic as well, and uh, other countries as well. So, uh, how are you girls doing? Hi, Martin. <laughs> hello, hello. Thank you for uh, for your time and your interview. Uh, so, it, it is a very uh, important topic, tail biting, because uh, in Italy uh, we are starting to avoid the tail docking. So, tail biting is a a very huge problem because uh, uh, our pig production is very intensive and uh, there are several problems linked to to this uh, practice. Flaviana, if you can ch- just tell us, you know, your career so far and uh, how you got involved in pig production. Thank you, Marcio. Uh, I'm uh, really glad to be here and to discuss with you about uh, with Annalisa about the topic of uh, tail biting. I'm a full professor at the University of Padua, at the best school. I'm not vet, but I'm, uh, my graduation is uh, in, uh, my master is in animal science. 
uh, my research uh, and teaching activities uh, is mostly addressed to the topic of animal welfare uh, in farm animal. And uh, my interest, specific interest uh, on the welfare of pigs uh, on swine industry is um, started more than 10 years ago. Uh, the idea that uh, we want to develop uh, is the, to create a research uh, uh, field analysis on pain reduction in uh, during routine uh, practice in uh, farm animal. So at the beginning, my uh, I did some studies on um, disbudding and yawning in cattle, and from there I moved my interest towards the tail biting mm -hmm. in uh, in order to avoid the tail the tail docking practice that is. Is uh, still uh, a practice uh, very common in pig uh, farm. And uh, and how about you, uh, Annalisa? Yes, I'm a veterinarian and I'm a practitioner, uh, but I work with uh, Flaviana and with the University of Padua since uh, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I made both the practitioner and. Um, the university life uh, for these years and I always work on uh, pig welfare and um, I work a lot on uh, tail biting but uh, we studied also pain during uh, pig castration for mm -hmm. example and all pain related to welfare of pig. Mm -hmm. Uh, the topic of the tail biting is very challenging in Italy and uh, I'm very lucky because uh, I can study the problem by a research point of view and apply it, uh, our results uh, in the field because I am a, a practitioner. So mm -hmm. it is very important to apply the results on the field. Very nice. Yeah, when I was working for a genetic company a few years ago and uh, sometimes we had to deal with, uh, you know, tail biting, you know, and we were working with countries like 25 countries around the globe. And I, I always use that paper that you guys have uh, because it's, it's one of the few papers that have, you know, 20 plus factors. And then you look which ones are more important because there's so much uh, gas, like, you know, people don't really know, you know, people, people talk about salt, which I think most people believe, you know, salt is a factor interest in your your guys' thoughts but also very hard to um to design an experiment as well too so uh, so so let, we're gonna dive a little deeper very nice let's get uh back to you flaviana on the um, on academic standpoint can you share the studies that you have done um uh, you know with tail biting uh maybe general but also specifically on that one paper that that we want to go a little deeper we started our research activity on the topic of tail biting because it was a specific request of the Italian and regional policymakers because they have to, uh, they need of uh, scientific uh, uh, information on uh, how manage the problem of tail biting because from one end there is uh, the, the word of the of the farmer that have to apply the, to rear the, the pigs with the intact tail. And uh, on the other, and this is for them very difficult to, to do, uh, 
Uh, and on the other hand, you have to consider the public opinion of the people that uh, require higher standard of the consumer or the public opinion that require higher standard of welfare. So to combine these two different approach to the problem is quite difficult and the policymaker needs of scientific uh, evaluation. So we start with the idea to uh, develop the problem, to study the, the problem of type biting in every pigs, because in Italy we have a specific way to rear the, the pigs. We prolong the fattening cycle in order to have pigs suitable for the production of the raw ham. So this is a specific type of production. So our first investigation was a conventional experiment in which we tested the rearing system, rearing system in a male separate sex, male castrated, castrated male and female, mm -hmm. and with uh, and without uh, enrichment, and uh, with the intact tail, long tail towards uh, tail, docked tail. So this first experience uh, helped us a lot in order to understand the variation in behavior of the animal. And what we understand was that uh, uh, the problem of the heavy pig is not different from the light pig mm -hmm. because uh, mostly the tag biting occurs at the end of the weaning period and the beginning of the fattening. However, or despite this, some risk factor can increase or can um, produce tail biting also later uh, because in, uh, in several conditions. What, what are the factors that can uh, create problem of tail biting later? Also in every pig are the availability of space allowance, of space, and uh, so the density of the animal within the pen, mm -hmm. and uh, the availability of uh, manipulable and rotable environmental enrichment. Mm -hmm. So if fattening, fattening uh, the end of the fattening period is uh, correct, with the space allowance and with the enrichment, we don't have a problem of biting. Otherwise, also in this phase, we can have this specific problem. And also another observation was that aggressiveness and tail biting is higher in castrated pigs compared to female. So this specific problem can be enhanced in certain sex of the animal. Okay. Um, let, me, let me just interrupt you there, Flaviana, because it's such a, it's a great topic. Right, it's it's a topic that helps a lot of people around the globe. So what I, what I'm gonna do here, I'm gonna for those that are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, uh, I'm gonna share the screen here, and the ones that are listening on on the podcast, just the audio, we're gonna send that that uh, there via via email. But I want to share the screen here very quickly because that uh, chart, you know, that figure you guys have, it's it's so good. So by when you have this chart here zero to a hundred mm -hmm. what is the what does that mean so i guess another uh, follow-up question is a hundred let's say for classification tree analysis uh, mixed gender is the highest one that's a hundred and let's see one that's 50 here it's a uh, farm size so in this case is this saying here 
that mixed gender is twice more important, uh, two times more important than the farm size or not necessarily? So the, the meaning is different as uh, uh, Annalisa told before. The mix, the, the orange one is uh, uh, explain the weight of this factor in a quantitative, in qualitative way and the other one in quantitative. So you can better recognize the ammonia with the, the regression tree uh-huh. importance. I see. Please check the other, there is another figure down this yes. one. Oh, so okay. you can understand better the meaning of the analysis. Mm, very nice. Mm-hmm. 60 are the number of farms that are involved in the pro- in mm-hmm. the study. 65. This is the level of ammonia, and you can find the number of farm that has this specific condition. Mm-hmm. Just only, only one farm is in the condition with ammonia uh, over 28, and the other one is a 51. Mm-hmm. And down, you have the risk and the standard deviation of uh, the risk. Mm-hmm. 3% and then yeah. uh, 0.21%. Okay, so perfect. the first factor is ammonia. When you have ammonia, high level of ammonia, okay. another factor go inside the model is the type of floor. Full concrete floor towards slatted. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two mm-hmm. splits, different level, different uh, uh, type of uh, of uh, floor, yeah, and then concrete. you go down in gender, mm-hmm. mixed okay. or single, farm size would mean the number, and at the end, pig stockman, uh, the ratio between the number of animals and the uh, person involved in the care of the animals. Okay, and and this number here, the percentage, for example, zero point. Zero nine percent is that the number of animals that we tail biting? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's the frequency. Okay, yeah. for the lesions. So, mm-hmm. for the full concrete uh, floor, the risk, the second, uh, the if we go down uh, in the tree, we, we have gender and then uh, farm size. Size with the slatted floor, the first important things is density, ammonia, and time and timeliness in the provision of feed. So mm-hmm. the risk factor change according to the level of ammonia, then type of floor, and for different type of floor, you have different factors that can affect the mm-hmm. risk of uh, tie biting. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Yeah, thanks for explaining yeah. that. So, so I don't know if I <laughs> explain well, but mm-hmm. it's a much easier to understand the type of analysis looking at this figure. Okay. Yeah, this is great. This is great. I love it. Okay, this figure, and so if I bring down here from uh, influence, so ammonia is the most important here on yeah. the on the orange. Okay, and then uh, just for the folks that are listening to summarize, right? What's the top five, right? So ammonia is important. Ammonia. Uh, mixed gender. Yeah. Amount of pigs per stockman person. Yes. And, uh, and timeliness in feed supply. Is what does that? What do you mean by that? I mean that uh, the animal receive feed always at the same time, mm-hmm. every day. Okay, okay. And you're when they more... don't have feed, uh, feed available all day, mm-hmm. they must receive feed always at the same time. 
Okay. You don't yeah. have. You don't. Uh, it's very important that they don't have an expectation of feed for a long time. Mm -hmm. That's great. I mean, and if I translate for the U.S., where we give a full, full feed or ad libitum, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so that means we call out of yeah. feed. So no, yeah. you have to have feed. That's the. You know what I mean. Uh, or yeah, like you yeah. said, if it's hand, if it's manual feeding, we have some farms like that in Brazil. Then you have to be at the same time. I see. That's very good. Yeah. So yeah. The, this uh, um, these results uh, uh, was obtained uh, uh, serving farms that uh, have the meals. Uh, they had uh, three meals per per day. So the timeliness of distribution of of the meal is very important. However, this is uh, true also for farms that uh, have ad libitum feed because uh, very mm -hmm. often in the field, in the practice, uh, the trough became uh, empty, <laughs> for, mm -hmm. uh, for example, because uh, there is a yes. lack of the, the distribution of uh, several troubles uh, with the feed. So uh, this is um, an issue. Uh, both for farms that have uh, meals and ad libitum feed. Okay, okay, yes. this is this is the ad libitum must be ad libitum always plus uh, uh, food. Okay, um, just to clarify as well for the audience, the sixty farms were they all undocked or not, or they are docked? They were docked. Okay, okay, all right. So that's yeah. good because yeah. it applies for. Ninety-nine percent yeah. of the farms around the globe. Okay, yeah. that's good. Tail biting so, is observed also in farm with docked tail. Right, yeah. and I was going to say. Not on. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Here in the United States and other places, uh, you know, with a docked and very, you know, very short. Yeah. Very short, and you see, yeah. sometimes uh, you still see, you know, uh, exactly yeah. right. Now, one comment I have from my experience with that is. Um, I would have to pull up the number here, but uh, it has to be at a certain size when you dock. And, and I, I recommend following the genetic, uh, you know, supply re recommendation, but uh, also consistent. All the, when you dock everyone at the same size, uh, we find that that is important because otherwise, if one in the pen is bigger, then you have more attraction there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's but also, if you cut just only the tip, huh? this... Uh, is uh, not uh, um, is not really advantages for the animals. Uh, is not very um, because uh, we observe that uh, if you have the cut, the short cut uh, tail, it's okay. You can reduce tail biting. Mm -hmm. But if you cut just the tip, is not so. Helpful. Doesn't change so yeah, much. That's so interesting. You can maintain the long tail or the short tail. Right. Not not in the middle. Huh? Not in the yeah, middle. That makes sense. Now a few highlights here because it's super cool. I mean, you guys have over twenty factors here, and one that always come to mind in the discussions, and and a lot of people were very convinced on their on how do you say on their uh, observations, but but it's interesting to see that in this analysis the genetics didn't play a big role what do you guys think about that this can depend on the number of genetics that we use right. because in italy we have a restrict possibility of choice yeah. due to the specific production system mm -hmm. and the pdo 
requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if okay. it, this is uh, one of the reasons, I don't know if uh, in the practical analysis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had the problems that uh, classify the different genetics in farms that had uh, more or less all hybrids was mm-hmm. very difficult. So mm-hmm. the mother was aligned and uh, uh, the, the, the father was another line. So all the pigs that we uh, observed were hybrids. Uh, so it was very difficult to classify that genetic. Okay. So we used the um, classification with the uh, groups of genetics inside. So we had the Italian genetics, so we had the Danish genetics, uh, but there were class of genetics. So um, I hope, I, I think that genetics is very important uh, and uh, in, in this kind of um, of analysis for tail biting, but in our study, uh, it, uh, did uh, not emerge uh, this factor due to our difficulties in uh, comparing different genetics. Okay, yeah, that makes total sense. So if you're from your 60 farms, if you only have a few genetic lines, you don't have the whole, you know, that that makes total sense. Thanks for bringing that up because, you know, as people say that the analysis is going to, we can only conclude within the range of that, you know, of, of, of the sample that you have, right? Very yeah, good. this is maybe the the limits of a of a, a study that uh, is made uh, not in um, uh, in in a research. Uh, uh, this is is uh, made on the field, so this is uh, the limit of the right. Study. Right, you yeah, you looked at at sixty farms, which is which is also very good research, right? Because you want to. It's very uh, what people call externally valid, so it's real life, and then you are analyzing it here. Okay, um, I th- thinking at the future, I remain very interesting to repeat this approach with a larger number of farm mm-hmm. and possibly in different condition, mm-hmm. because I think it's a very interesting tools to use for predicting the risk of tail biting yes. and to to use long tail or docked pigs in different farm with different conditions, starting condition. So this study can be considered preliminary, but increasing the number of observation, I think it can be very robust. Very cool. Well, one thing that I actually came to my mind now is if, if you guys want to share the, the survey, the, the questionnaire, if you will, for your database, um, uh, we can. Uh, I can try to help. So we can try to get twenty, you know, twenty countries, something like that. Uh, yeah, that would be, yeah, would be, be fun, very you know? interesting. Very Cause, nice. Because maybe we can have more genetics or more, you know. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Could... Very nice. Well, a uh, few comments here. Let's see. For uh, so enrichments, this was not as important as the other top five that we talked about. That is interesting too, right? In our experience, uh, enrichment is um, is important. Mm-hmm. However, in the Italian situation, not all the farms uh, used uh, a broad range of enrichments. So uh, during our survey, we found uh, chains, we found uh, um, uh, wood, uh, but not straw, for ah, example. Straw. Okay. Not straw, mm-hmm. not straw. So this is uh, uh, why the uh, enrichment is not at the top 
five mm-hmm. right, <laughs> of the factors. Straw, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we analyze uh, just the the enrichment that we found in the farms, and obviously, chain and wood are the most frequent enrichments. So this kind of enrichment is not so um, important in the management of okay. tail biting. Yeah, this is very good. No, uh, last question I have. It's a, mm-hmm. a bias of the study because uh, at the time when right. uh, we made this kind of research, the farmer used just only this reduced number of, of uh, enrichment and uh, few and small as a quality, so only chain or other inanimates. Yes. Yes, yeah. I mean, go back goes back to the range of uh, options you have there for the study, right? But this is still is the like you said, right? Uh, is the beginning uh, of yeah. So another comment is about diet, right? So we actually have a data set about. Um, I need to pull this up now, huh? Very quickly here because uh, uh, this is a study we did with two thousand pigs and uh, more focused on energy and fiber. But I'll go yeah. All, yeah. all the way to the end here. Uh, and you have the energy level in, in that uh, that energy. You see the vices, right? Tail biting and flake. Okay. Uh, and there's no statistics on this on this chart specifically because we couldn't, could not analyze. We didn't have the data by pan. So it's you need to take this with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, yeah. But you can see the numbers here. And again, it's 2,000 animals. All in the same barn, seven treatments. Uh, but look at the amount of vices um, in red. It doubled. It basically doubled yeah. when we went to an energy level that was uh, below uh, a corn soy diet. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two point four is yeah. corn soy, and then you go down, doubled, and then you go to two point two or or less. Which sometimes you see that in uh, Asia and and uh, those places. Uh, I know Russia and China have seen very low energy level, and that's three times more. Uh, tail biting here, so that was that was interesting, you know, from that standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but but the question back to you guys is um, diet, right? So energy. Uh, there's an interesting data from 1960s on uh, if they are protein deficient, they are more attracted to blood. Uh, yeah, I've seen that data. People talk about salt. I have not seen data on salt, but salt uh, deficiency or, or sodium. I don't know if you guys are any any comments, general comments in, about diet. Yeah, uh, if I can uh, speak, yeah. um, I think that diet is very important, but it is also very difficult to uh, to explain because I think that we have problems both if we have a low energy in the diet, but also if we have uh, a very high le- level of uh, of protein and energy in the diet so we have a range of balance and over and uh, under the threshold we have problems uh, mm-hmm. of behavior so in case of uh, um, lower levels uh, of the threshold of energy we have animals that, that have a lack of um, of nutrients and salt i think that it is a uh, very important uh, for this season but uh, i should uh, highlight that also diet with the um, very high uh, protein level are uh, <laughs> very 
a, a problem because uh, there is a surplus of energy and animals are more nervous. So in, in the first case, they have a lack of, uh, of nutrients. Mm. And in the second case, they have Excellent. surplus and they are very nervous. Okay. And, and actually, uh, again, back to the data I shared, if I just looked again on the, on the high energy, and it went up a little bit too. Again, always careful how we look at that data, uh, but it's, it, it, it makes sense, makes sense. Very interesting. How about, how about you, Flaviana, any thoughts there? What I think is that uh, it's easier to monitor the level of protein and the level of energy of the diet and to include them in the model. Um, I have some difficulties with the minerals because uh, right. they normally they have they had they are had in the over the the feed and so sometimes it's quite difficult to assess the right amount of the of this uh, mineral. But anyway, protein level and energy source can be very important. In the specific case of pigs, probably also the content of essential amino acids in the diet mm -hmm. could be an interesting parameter to include mm -hmm. in the evaluation. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if the total energy, total energy and total uh, amount of nitrogen are okay, could be a deficiency in a, uh, essential amino mm -hmm. acids yeah, that can issues. modify the behavior of the, the animal. Mm -hmm. I think it's something of uh, similar to those that in laying hands when they have a problem with the training and with the use of uh, feather picking. So uh, unbalance in the diet can be caused aggressiveness and uh, interest of the animal, nervous behavior and interest toward uh, aggressive and uh, tail biting. Very interesting. So could Very be included in the model. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Uh, I will. Um, I think we'll start start to wrap wrap things up here. Uh, so I mean, I know we get excited about it. Some people don't, right? So we we're gonna try to keep it concise here. Um, question is, um, I think one question I have for you, uh, Groves, is any anything else before we go to the three questions that I ask every guest in the podcast? Anything else on the topic that you wanna say? If I can say. I think um, yes, we we can relate it with the, the the chart that we see before in our study about the number of pigs per stockman. Mm -hmm. I think that this factor is um, is very important, but is underestimated because mm -hmm. uh, if you have a long tail animal, you you have more problems of tail biting when you have undocked animals. Mm -hmm. And you have uh, to uh, spend more time to watch the animals, uh, to observe the behavior of the animals, to recognize uh, the problem. The, in, uh, in the early recognized of the problem, uh, you have to recognize uh, the biter, the animal uh, with lesions, uh, and uh, these require a lot of time. And so this is this required also uh, a higher number of stockmen per unit of animals, mm. and uh, these uh, these uh, stockmen should be trained to observe the animals because they are not prone to observe the behavior. They are they are prone to observe the sick animal or 
the animal that uh, don't eat or don't move, but not the behavior that became uh, aggressive. So I think that this is a very important factor. Yeah, it's super interesting. And just for the audience here, I have the, the table in front of me. So when the farms went from, uh, say, less than 3,800 pigs per uh, staff member, um, that was virtually no tail biting. Uh, and just to comment on the sample size, there was 10 farms of that category. And then when it was above 3,800 uh, pigs per, per member or staff member, uh, there was five five farms there, just for for uh, perspective, and uh, but then the number of uh, tail biting increased from 0.02 percent, uh, went up to 0.58 percent, which seems small, but for a farm of 3,800, is 23 pigs. So yeah, that, that's that's very interesting. Very interesting. yeah, and don't forget that we are talking about uh, uh, docked pigs. But uh, right. if we switch to undocked pigs, uh, these numbers increase because uh, yeah. the, the, the risk is very higher in right. uh, undocked pigs. Right. Do you guys have a number? Uh, oh, how much does it increase? Any idea? So, just in general. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is that uh, when the outbreak occurs, <laughs> the, the, the frequency, yes, the frequency of tail lesions increase exponentially. So it is very difficult to state uh, a number of a, or a frequency, but the risk is very higher. I think that uh, two or three times higher is uh, it's uh, yeah, it, it's uh, a risk. Dark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and 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 you had a good comment, I think, uh, right now, uh, Flaviana, that uh, is my understanding, right? When when it happens, when you have tail biting in the farm, in the in the farm, in the barn, it's too late. Is it too late? You want to? Yes. You you might try to help a little bit and do what yeah. you can, but you want to make sure you fix for the next group of pigs. Yeah. Is that right? What I what I think that we have also to develop. Uh, especially for the research activity, to develop automatic system that can early detect the fighter uh, pig. Mm. Because, uh, of course, uh, we have to improve the quality of the personnel involved in the control of the animal, mm -hmm. the staff involved in this activity. But uh, some support can, uh, arrive, can be arrived from the automatic system detection of the behavior. Mm. That, simply can monitor the activity of the group pen, for example, because I think that the, the, the group pen where there is the tail biting can be moved more than healthy, healthy pigs, for example. So some behavioral parameters can be measured by automatic system. The other line is to improve the robustness of the model classification equation tree in order to identify the correct strategy for any specific farm. And the other point that I can add to the previous, uh, from the previous discussion is uh, to try to understand the correlation between quality of the hair in, uh, inside the barn and uh, behavior of the animals. Because sometimes, the extraction of nitrogen from feces can uh, worsen the quality of the hair and when uh, related also to the temperature inside the room 
And these two factors can be uh, definitely very relevant for aggressiveness in animals. So there are three lines of research that can that we can follow for improving the results and the output of this activity. Very good. Anything else before we go to the three questions? Any any final comments there, Teobaldi? Oh. I think that my take-home message is that um, to rear undocked pigs is very difficult, but it is not impossible. Mm -hmm. Mm. To, to raise them. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah, make sure you have straw, right? We have, I know, at least uh, one farm here in the West that, that has undocked pigs, and uh, they have straw, more uh, space for animal and, and those things, right? The truth is, precision swine production is not the future, it is the present. Every pig is the intelligent pig health platform. It is a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Request a free 20-minute demonstration at www.everypig.co slash swineit. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. It is time to our famous three. Good deal. So the three questions that we ask every guest every episode, uh, the first one, and we can start with you, Flaviana, what's your favorite uh, book about pigs? It's not specific on pigs, but uh, for suitable uh, for all farm animals, uh, is a human, human livestock interaction, mm -hmm. the stock person and the productivity of intensively farmed animals uh, from uh, uh, Coleman and uh, is uh, very important to understand the type of relationship between uh, stock person and animal in order to do their welfare and productivity. So okay. for me, it's very important. And the first study, studies on this topic started on pigs, not on cattle. So for uh, this reason, I yeah. selected this. Okay, very good. How about your book, uh, Oh, my book is The Disease of Swine, so mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. the Bible <laughs> it is, it is. of the pig production. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's on the top of, of my uh, books, yes. So good, thousand pages. <laughs> yeah. I, I always joke that the, you can have a book, but unless you have either experience or you learn from someone else, it, you don't know which of those pages are the most important, right? Yeah. That's where uh, things things come into play. Very good. How about Flaviana on your any book in general outside of uh, animal production uh, or resource? Uh, in general, I love the book of uh, the books of John Pankowe. Uh, the first uh, is a English uh, writer. The first book uh, that I read, read about uh, of this, uh, from this uh, author was The House of Sleep. Okay. And I liked the novels of this uh, author because uh, they are uncommon, uh, uncommonly and uh, very similar to a puzzle <laughs> with uh, a very strange story. So mm. I like it. <laughs> very good, very good. Like this book. Nice, The House of Sleep. How about you, Annalisa? Uh, I love The Little Prince. Mm. It's a book for kids, <laughs> but, but it's, it's very nice because uh, it generates thinking, so it's very useful for life <laughs> to think about yeah. life. I love it. I, I love think it. it's the first time I, I, I hear that, you know, I, I need to go back. And really? Really? 
So <laughs> no, no, I say I've heard other adults saying that uh, it's a good book okay. for adults. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even remember if I read it uh, because I my memory my my memory is mm, not very good for something. You didn't read it because if you no, don't no, no. remember, you didn't read it. That's probably right. I need to go. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to read it. Okay, and then the last last question, Flaviana, what what do you think sets apart successful swine professionals from those who are not? But uh, I think uh, the most important quality of a successful swine professional is someone that uh, is looking uh, at the behavior of the animals. Because starting from the behavior, you can understand, you can get information about uh, mental and physical state of the animal and from that point you can start uh, to understand the health, uh, growth, performance, welfare of the animal. So uh, the approach of the behavior, the study of behavior uh, must uh, interest uh, all the actors of the production chain of the pigs because it is uh, interesting for the stock person that have to control day by day the animals to see the sick animal, but also those that have a, a behavioral problem mm -hmm. is important uh, information for the vet, for the nutritionist, because uh, from the behavior and the state of the animal can understand if the nutrition is correct or not. So I think behavior is the topic. Makes it's sense. A, a way to manage in the modern and successful way a farm, big farm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And uh, some people call it just uh, stockmanship, right? Being able to to read the animal, right? Understand yes. that. Very good. Yep. Behavior forces you to check the animal continuously and to understand what he is saying with the body to you for uh, about the its state in the in a specific context. That's funny. I was talking to my wife uh, uh, one day or two ago. Now that we have the little baby. And uh, we're like, well, yeah. you know, when they don't talk, you need to try to understand <laughs> yes. them. And that's, that's interesting, very similar. <laughs> so you have to understand what they want to say through their behavior. So it's not just because I work on welfare that I believe this, is because it's, very, it's a new approach to, uh, for a modern management of the farm. To pay more attention to the animal and to the training of the personnel, as uh, Annalisa told before, in order to be sure that the animals are correctly, correctly meant. Mm -hmm. Very good. How about you, Annalisa? Okay, I think that swine, that, that successful uh, swine professional uh, should be open minded and uh, adaptable to different situations <laughs> because uh, I think that uh, if the word change, they should be changed with the world because uh, mm. this is very fundamental for the success. Very good. What they say is that change, change is the only thing that doesn't change, right? So <laughs> always going to be changing. Very good, very good. Well, I really appreciate it. Is, is the key of the successful for each sector now because yeah. uh, if you are not available to change, you are not resilient and you cannot adapt to different right. conditions. It's so uh, changing so fast, so fast. It'll be interesting to see even now after the pandemic, a lot of things are going to change, right? Uh, yeah. Telemedicine and, and other things. So uh, all these challenges are for the better, uh, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for our time. It's been a joy talking you. to you both. 
You are welcome. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Marshall. Hey, everyone. Please share our episodes with as many people as you can so we can continue to impact the life of swine professionals from around the globe with the wisdom of our great guests. Before you go, make sure to get in our waitlist for the Swine Talks web conference, the first online conference of the global swine industry, an update on hot topics, and we even gonna have some controversial topics of the global swine industry. So you can leverage that knowledge in your day today. Go to swinetalks.com and get on our waitlist. We'll talk soon.